Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to what is now our episode five of Red, White, and Blue Jays. Thank you so much for all your feedback and comments. Uh, really enjoying just hearing how people are loving listening to Blue Jays fans who just talk about their experiences of following the team and uh, going to games and just enjoying being a sports fan. Well, as you know, we when we launched this pod, I reached out to Tim Langton, who is the Blue Jays PA announcer, to see whether he could help us again. And if some of you remember from last year, Tim did a little game intro for some of us uh, as Jays fans here in the UK. And uh, as a little bonus, I'm going to put that clip at the end of this pod uh, so you can hear what he did for us then. But Tim has been brilliant in just helping me pull together the intro so you hear him every week and I'm just thrilled tonight to have Tim with us. Tim thank you so much for, for all you've done for us so far but particularly for spending some time with me this evening. Uh, it's it's all a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's I'm very happy to do it. It's, it's absolute gold dust. I mean I've had so many people compliment you in terms of what you've produced uh, for us. And I know it's only little snippets, but f- for us here in the UK to have somebody who's involved in game days at, at Rogers be part of our little world here in the UK is is a real honour. And, and we're just so grateful for, for all that you've done. Yeah, you give me a chance to exercise my creative muscles by doing that kind of <laughs> stuff. So uh, I love doing it. Brilliant. With the, um, the clip that you did for us last year, uh, the, the little sort of Blue Jays all-star team, uh, my, my name was in the team. I don't remember this, but um, I was playing centre field in, in that team lineup. So that is my now ringtone on my on my phone. Uh, so everywhere I go and my phone rings, you're blasting out my name. So there you go. I just want to give you <laughs> some credit, which always raises eyebrows in, in work meetings and sort of stuff like that. <laughs> That's- it's good. It, has, has it has it wrong anywhere where there's been a, another Blue Jay fan that went, hey? No, no, uh, no, I've not had that experience yet. I think most of my kids disown me when it goes off, to be honest. <laughs> but no, I I think because of the, the amount of Jays fans that we have here in the UK, actually bumping into another one that easily doesn't happen that often, although there are a lot of us here. We've got a few guys who live around me here. I, I'm in Bournemouth, which is on the south coast of England. And uh, there's about five or six of us that live not too far apart. So I must, I must play that to them next time, next time we get <laughs> together to, to watch a game. So, Tim, tonight we're going to just delve into a little bit of the Tim Langton story and perhaps look at or hear a little bit about some of your early years in terms of, I, I know radio really was where you, where you kicked off. Uh, can you give us a little bit of an intro in terms of backdrop, where you grew up, how you got into radio, is it all been your passion? I'll start at the beginning. Um, born in Peterborough, Ontario, which is about an hour here from Toronto, um, did all my growing up in a place called Kirkland Lake, Ontario, which is northern Ontario. I don't know how familiar you are with the ge- geography, but it's north. 
Um, north of North Bay, I don't know. That seems to be everybody's everybody's benchmark. Everybody knows where North Bay is, but it's uh, probably another what two, three hours north. Anyway, a lot of hockey players come from there. Played a lot of hockey. Refereed a lot of hockey growing up. Um, was uh, played little league baseball. Was never much of a baseball player. Was a catcher, outfielder. Played shortstop once. Got hit in the throat with a line drive. <laughs> And that was the end of my infield. I never played infield again. Um, uh, got into radio in Kirkland Lake, looking for a job. Um, was finishing high school, had absolutely no intention of uh, doing any more school, at least at that moment anyway. Um, and I wanted to do something, but I didn't want to stay there. So I went to, uh, back in the day, we had the manpower office where you could go and look at the jobs and, you know, find out if there's any jobs and register. I suppose you can still do that now, but it's, it's all online. And uh, they were looking for somebody to read news part-time at the radio station, Kirk Light. And I said, you know what? Don't send anybody else. That's my job. And she had, she wound up when she set up my interview, she told the news director at the time what I had said, and he kind of liked that. So he hired me. And that's where I started. I started in news, and then I realized there was no groupies in news. So I wanted to get on the air and be a DJ, which I did eventually. Um, that was an incredible place. It was a different time. This is 1977, late 19, yeah, late 1977. Um, it was radio was such a, I mean, I, I don't honestly don't know what, um, radio is quite different in the UK as, as far as I know. And it was very much a creative business and it was a lot of fun to be in. It's not a creative business anymore. It's a business business. Everything's dollars and cents. Anyway, from Kirkland Lake, I, Traveled around quite a bit, uh, Canada over several years. Found a home at a radio station in Sudbury for a while. Um, was wildly success successful. Was glad to be a part of that. Um, wound up in Barrie, Ontario. And that's where I found out there was a job at Skydome. At the time, it was Skydome. Uh, applied for that job. Got an interview. Didn't get the job because I did not, didn't, didn't have a technical background. They hired a guy with a technical background, figured, okay, we'll teach him the creative. What was it? Well, it was August, 1997. So it would have been about six months after I applied the job for the job. They called back and asked if I was still interested. And of course I was. And I wound up getting that job. They taught me the technical. I brought the creative. They taught me the technical. Um, and I worked in that building full-time running the audio department for, I guess, about five or six years. And Things were not good back in those days. Um, I didn't work for the for the team. The team and the uh, and the building were uh, were two two separate entities at that time, and things were not good within the building. Uh, people were being laid off. I got I I said package me out please, and I had an amazing boss at the time. She packaged me out. I came back freelance. Oh, this is a long story, isn't it? <laughs> yada 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 to to quote uh, to quote Seinfeld. Um, I got a call. I was mixing audio at the uh, Business News Network in Canada, in Toronto here. And I got a phone call on my break from the then producer of the, of, of the game day stuff. It said, uh, would you like to be our PA announcer? Uh, yeah, I really would. And there you go. That was 1990. No, sorry. 2005. 2005. Wow. And, I, and I had been mixing audio and, and doing music and effects in there up until that point. I had been there and backed up a couple of times. Murray didn't miss very many games, but I was there to back him up and I was right place, right time. And uh, here I am. 
just in terms of your fandom of, of the Jays or baseball, um, like you said you, you played hockey. I mean, did you go in with some knowledge as well in terms of the, the team and everything else, or was it everything was new apart from the ability to, to broadcast? And I was a casual baseball fan. Okay. Um, definitely always, always, yeah, I mean, ever since I was young, always watched playoffs. Always watch the playoffs for some reason. Um, uh, yeah, I was a I was a sort of a casual fan, and once you work there a little bit, you sure learn a lot of things. Sure. And you learn a lot more about baseball, and you realize how much you don't know about baseball as you learn more about baseball. And I'm a different kind of fan now, I guess. Uh, a little more jaded, maybe, because I I know some things, but. Um, I'm just trying to think of what direction we were heading with that question. Yeah, no, it's just in terms of um, uh, having to apply yourself in a world where you were an expert in audio and broadcasting and then applying yourself to uh, a scene in baseball, which perhaps, uh, you know, somebody who was very good in this field, but wasn't very good in that field, how much learning you had to do in terms of understanding the baseball world. Are you are you referring to the PA job? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had been working there um, and watching baseball for almost eight years. Right. So before I actually sat in that chair. So I was was okay by that point. By that point, I was just fine. Okay. I had eight years of of understanding a lot. Like there's so many things when you start watching baseball. I mean, I mean, we all know that, right? And uh, but after eight years, you know, you pick stuff up. You feel like an idiot's. More than once, but you know, you do your best. That um, we we say the audio room is a it's a tough room and it's a tough room. You make mistakes, boy. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna get on you. Not in a bad way. I say it's you know it's it's a lot of fun, but yeah, yeah, amazing. You got, you, it's a lot of fun to work in that place. Had you been to many games up up to that point? So just as a fan going in to watch the Jays, maybe half a dozen. I mean, I watched on TV. I mean, living in Northern Ontario, I often get a chance to to go to many games. But you watch them on TV. So you said, I think, did you say you moved there in 77? Because obviously with the Jays, you know, kicking off in 77, uh, it's interesting, sort of similar similar times. I just wonder whether you'd, you'd, in terms of Canadian watching baseball, whether the the Expos were on people's radars rather than, than obviously a Toronto team. I don't recall really, honestly, paying much attention. I I, I did watch the Expos. I, I did like the Expos uh, as well. I mean, for the longest time, those are the only games we ever got to see. I mean, that was just the way it was set up. We were close to the Quebec border, so we'd see Expo games more often, just like we'd see Montreal Canadian games on Saturday night. We would not see the Leaf games on Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. It's just it's it's all a question of geography, right? Um. I mean, I had basic baseball knowledge and I was aware of the Blue Jays because I was doing their scores on the radio, but I wasn't a huge, I guess, as I say, I wasn't a huge fan. Went to games if I had an opportunity, uh, but you know what? I didn't expect to get into radio and I didn't expect to wind up doing what I'm doing. So these things just kind of happen, right? And you just, you, you educate yourself as you go along. So w- were you ever overlapping radio and, and Jays work or was it? I did. Was working. I worked at the Fan Five Ninety for about five years while I worked. I probably maybe two of it as PA announcer, the other three doing audio. But I, yeah, 
it was a bit of an overlap there. I worked for a very short-lived radio station called Team 1050. I don't even even put that on my resume. (laughs) (laughs) Are they no longer in existence then? Or are they? Uh, They are now TSN radio on that frequency. Brilliant. So what does a day now look like for you on a on a home home stand game what how much how much preparation do you need to do before the game how much is it spur of the moment stuff what is it what is a typical typical day in tim langton's life look like on game day preparation gets simpler as the season goes on because you get to see teams you don't have to worry so much about pronunciation because you've seen the teams especially american league east teams and i watch tv so you get to see the teams and you get it gets a little more comfortable as the season goes on um Take, for example, uh, the home opener. Home opener, we probably start rehearsing for that. I mean, I'm, they're working on it now. <laughs> all, all, all those amazing people that produce game day operations are probably working on it now. I, not probably, they are. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm saying that with confidence. I'm not saying that with knowledge. I should, I should point that out. <laughs> um, we are probably in... Me personally, I mean, the people who do all the tech stuff, like the tape ops, uh, the replay people, the audio guys, uh, the DJ, um, the stats guys, all those people are in there long before, whoops, long before I ever get in. Right. Um, I probably come in about three days before the home opener. I get my script probably a couple of days before that. Start working on that. Um, hopefully there's nothing that's going to make you uh, choke up in the in the script because they've done that a couple of times to me. Um <laughs> You got to read it over and read it over and read it over. You just got to, you got to make yourself numb to it almost. That's not quite, quite the right, right word, but you just got to get real familiar with it. Um, so that's like three days of just working on um, uh, opening ceremonies. Cause I mean, that stuff goes off without a hitch and there's a reason for that. Um, the people who plan it know what they're doing for one thing. And it, we rehearse it, rehearse it, rehearse it. Uh, there's usually always uh, new in, in stadium games that we'll play through the season. So we'll go through those and figure those out. And then game day, that's all about the baseball for me. Anyway, that's when I start making sure, well, probably before that, I will start making sure I know who's on. You can't really, you got to wait till they just declare their final rosters. But once they declare final rosters, you start working on making sure you know everybody's names, how to pronounce it. Um, uh, any kind of rule changes that affect what we do. Um, because, you know, those timing rules, um, the uh between batters the 30 second clock there's the uh there's a timer that runs during uh during 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 inning breaks so if anything changes we got to be familiar with that kind of stuff uh that's that's what gets us started and then uh, away we go i mean you prepare as far as you can so and then it's live (laughs) you just don't know i mean sometimes you have to completely go the other way you just never know what might happen and what was it like? Uh, you talked about the home opener. What was it like preparing? I, I, I put this on, especially my my home home t shirt for you. Uh, what was it like preparing for that day after such uh, a long gap from last year uh, into the beginning of this season, not being at Rogers, and then that that big opening home home stand game? What was that like? Oh, uh, you 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 saw you saw Charlie, and you saw yeah. Bo. Didn't see me. Was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't see me. You didn't see half half of our control room. It was uh, it was a pretty happy thing. It was uh, it was it was after sitting in Buffalo, and 
I got to say the people in Buffalo were absolutely incredible. The, uh, the Bison's crew and the, and the folks that came in to help us out from Buffalo were, were absolutely the best, uh, including the fans that came to see the Blue Jays play. It just really hurt when the Yankees came in and you got Vladdy hitting dingers and he's getting boo. Mm. It's just like, oh, nope. it hurts. Not pretty. You can imagine what it felt like for those guys. So coming home, for me, I mean, I'd only been away with the team for a couple of months. Right. I'd only been in Buffalo as long as they'd been in Buffalo. So f- for those guys coming home, that was big. Of course, a number of them not not ever played there, which you forget. That's true. You know, it's just like they've never experienced what it's like to play at home. And the 30,000 fans that were in there for those first few games were were they had it going. They really had it going. It was it was great. Friends of mine, Mark and Sarah, uh, who very kindly donated me their t-shirt. They were, they were there for that um, home opener season, and uh, yeah, just uh, talking to them and, and watching it on TV from here. I think uh, you know we were all feeling the emotion. Um, so what it must have been like in in the ballpark was was extraordinary. Um, how did you feel when when the announcement first came last season that they were not coming into Toronto? Uh, what sort of impact did that have on you um, in terms of mindset and emotions, knowing that baseball wasn't going to be there? It was, I mean, I just like anybody else, it was really disappointing. Um, I understood why, um, but it was really disappointing. Uh, there's, I mean, there's nothing else you can really say about it. Sure. Uh, it was a public health issue and you know, everybody did what they thought was right. And we got to watch a bit of it on TV. I, I mean, any, anybody who says, well, he had a bad 2020. It's, yeah, everybody had a bad 2020. <laughs> yeah, just like anybody else, it was, it was disappointing. I, th- I think for me, watching the Jays, they've had to, to live with much more than any other MLB team. You know, I think I've sort of spoken to so many people now in, in terms of last season. And uh, the impact of playing at Dunedin and then Buffalo before they came back to, to Rogers, and, and what impact that would have had on, had on the family of the players and, and the backroom staff uh, in terms of just living out of suitcases for such a massive part of the of the season clearly had its toll. Not just the players, uh, like the, the clubbies were were gone. Just as were were out of the country. Most of those guys, you know, most of those guys are Canadian. They were out of the country for a long time. They're away from their families for a long time. So, I mean, just beyond the players and, and the people you see on the field, there's a lot of people that were affected by that. As far as I'm concerned, from a Blue Jay, in my mind, and from a Blue Jay and a, and a Major League Baseball point of view, 2020 did not exist. Okay. It just did. We skipped. We skipped. We skipped the 2020 season. It just didn't happen because it was so weird. It was so weird. Even though they got into the postseason, you're, you're just discounting that. It, it was great. It was it was lovely, but it was, I mean, it was a a, a sixty game. Was it sixty game Six, season? Yeah, sixty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from one hundred and sixty two to sixty, nah, throw it all out. Yeah, throw it out. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I understand the thought, the thought process behind that. Because I'm, I'm sure. I mean, there were a lot of guys that had bad years in 2020. We'll, we'll reflect a little bit on last season in a moment because there were so many outstanding performances of 2021, which oh, yes. I'd love to just hear a little bit from you in terms of some of the memories that you had 
washing. Um, but I thought at this point in time, it'd be good just to um, to throw you some of the questions that the guys have have written in to me uh, with. We might have covered a couple of them, but let's um, let's go for it. So, uh, Dave McLaren, he's uh, he's a Scot. He's a great lad. Uh, he's given me three questions for you. Uh, so if you have any days off next year and you need somebody to cover, he's quite happy to uh, come and do that. So if you if you want a little bit of Scottish lilt uh, across the Rogers Centre, he, he'd be up for that. He'll have to get in line. He'll have to get in line. There's a lot of people who want to do that. I'm sure. <laughs> You've talked a little bit about pronunciations of, of names. Have you had any particular nightmares or nervous moments where you've just struggled? It's not usually player names. I find it's more, it's when we have like somebody throw out a first pitch or I, I mean, we did it we did, when we, uh, when we came back and, and the indigenous uh, ceremonies we did at, at a couple of the ball games, those are tough because I don't have as much time to practice them for one thing um, because I usually just don't get them till maybe a day before. And I don't want to mess up anybody's name. Sure. So those are the hardest ones. I mean, my, my heart's when I, when I'm, when I'm getting, when I'm reading something and I'm getting up and I know that name's coming, my star heart starts beating a little bit faster. Generally speaking, I'd say, I'd say I'd score about a 98%. That's all right. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I'd be, like I say, I mean, there are some ball players names. Like I will write it out phonetically on my score sheet. Tuiasa Sopo is the one name that I throw out there that was like, huh? Mm. It took a long time to. Even after hearing it, it took a long time to, to remember what that one was. Doing it phonetically, I can see how that could. Uh, <laughs> that, that could and I, nobody could read my phonetic writing but me. <laughs> uh, the last question Dave asked is the use of the horn for the home runs. Is there a cutoff time where perhaps at night time you're not allowed to use it or you're not allowed to let it ring? Because I know you tweet out the number of seconds every time we, we get a home run horn going. Is there any regulations about um, the use of it? Not to my knowledge. No one's ever said anything. Yeah. Keep the noise down over there, Tim. I mean, the, the place is surrounded by, the Rogers Centre is surrounded by condos. So if they were going to, if somebody's going to have a problem, they would have had a problem by now. Yeah. And I think, it might even, who knows, maybe it's even in the language of the condo, condo contract. Yeah. I don't know that, but who knows, maybe it's yeah. there. Have they always done the horn? They're, um, since about... I'm trying to remember 07 i'm thinking maybe okay i was just trying to remember um because it came about we were we were getting ready to uh for a new season we we're getting ready for our home open and we were we were having rehearsals and we were watching uh, some hockey playoffs at the same time and somebody scored i think it was actually boston and toronto probably was boston and toronto boston scored and they've got a really loud goal horn mm. in boston and i said you know what? we should get something like that for uh i believe i was the one that said we should get one, something like that for, uh, for the ballpark. And three months later, there was a ship's horn up on the roof. Brilliant. There you go. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take credit. I was thinking more of a train horn, but ship's horn's fine. It was, it works. What do you look for in terms of making sure it is a home run? Have you ever, have you ever gone to press the button and realized, oops, that was a bit early or. I've done one complete mess up. On the horn, uh, probably a good five, maybe four or five seconds before somebody said or I realized it wasn't out. And then I've done the little bump when I, you know, 
more that was more of finger on the trigger and then just went now i i learned when i did it wrong the first time like completely blew it the first time um that was if i don't know i just look for the umpire i look for the close i look for whichever umpire is covering that that part of the field and if he's doing this i'm hitting the horn yeah yeah. Where, where are you actually based are you behind the home plate i'm behind home plate 300 level just to the the, the uh, left of home plate because the broadcast booth the radio broadcast booths are on the same level and they're directly behind home plate and i'm to the left of that uh, okay so pretty good view from there then yeah it is it's hard to tell sometimes especially straight away center field that's really hard to tell unless it hits the uh, the batter's eye it's really hard to tell if they if they if they hit the wall or if they hit the facing. That's where you really got to look for the umpires. It's easy to see going out either right field, left field. Oh, speaking of watching it going out, one of the greatest things about last year was where I sat in Buffalo was really close to the field, and to watch Vladdy's dingers disappear into the night over the fence, over the netting, into the park. It was just it was a thing of beauty. It was like oh oh oh, and it's gone. It would just disappear from view. Yeah. Because, because there's a road, isn't there? I, I have driven around the back of um, Salem Field uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, out out to left field. It's uh, it's well, it's uh, it's a ramp on. A, well, it's a road, and then a, I don't know what the what the building is over there, but they've got a parking lot, and it lands on that parking lot all the time. And it was just it was really nice to watch. It just disappear into the yeah, night. Absolutely, to the moon and back. That's where they went. Okay, um, question from Sandy, um, Sandy and Mike. Any particular highlight? I mean, that there must be, I mean, she says there must be literally oh hundreds of highlights that you've seen as, a, as an announcer, but is there anything that, or, or maybe a collection of, of things that just stand out as that was an amazing moment? <laughs> We've already had Meg on talking about uh, the backflip game. Anything else that sort of particularly comes to mind? Having worked in that building for the length of time I have, I have, what do I have? I guess I have three non-baseball favorite. Um, number one, um, I don't know how old everybody is, but Judy Collins, sweet Judy, blue eyes, everybody. Okay. Um, I worked um, a world conference for an organization and I watched her sound check Amazing Grace from about three feet away. And it just gave me chills mm. listening to her sing that song. It was crazy. Um, on the other side of things, um, we did, what was it? Uh, what do they call that? Uh, MMA 139 or whatever. I'm not real. That was a spectacular. That was just, I have, I've never heard a sound system that loud in that building that wasn't distorted. It was absolutely incredible. They had screens that were so big. The guys that maintained them went up and they had, they had porta potties. They had portable washrooms up on top of their scoreboard, up on top of their video boards. That was insane. Wow. And I guess there's the Toronto Argonauts won two gray cups while I was working there. So that was a lot of fun. I worked two gray cups. It was, uh, that's really something else. We got to work some NFL games as well. Uh, when the, the, the bills played there for a while, we used to do a series of NFL exhibition games at one time. So those are some of the things that are non-baseball baseball related. Um, uh wow oh boy <laughs> um uh i can generalize a few of them uh watching roy holiday pitch yep was just i mean at that time 
Uh, it, it's too bad that team wasn't better. But at that time, at least you know when Roy is pitching, we're probably going to win. Um, so watching Roy, how did they pitch? Watching Carlos Delgado hit. Um, the guy was amazing. Vernon Wells, who I think was a highly underrated center fielder, was fun to watch play center field because he he just looked so effortless, absolutely effortless. Um, uh, okay, I'm just giving you the light ones right now. Um, I enjoyed watching Sean Green play for the couple of seasons that I did get to see him play. Um, watch Roger Clemens pitch for what it's worth. You know, you know, it was pretty amazing at the time. It was pretty amazing at the time. Um, watching Ronda, uh, uh, Raul Mondesi play was fun. He was uh, he was a character. There was a there was a few characters on that baseball team that were always fun to watch. Um, I guess we got a. I mean, there were some lean years. I'm just trying to think of some of those highlights of the lean years. Well, Pat Pat Henkin as well. Yeah, he's another great guy. Um, but now, I mean, obviously, the 50 home run season by Bautista. Um, when that all began, um, things like watching Eddie. Ed, Edwin Encarnacion go from EE5 to uh, one of the most dangerous hitters in baseball and a half-decent first baseman as well. I mean, it was never that he couldn't catch the ball. He just had that issue getting it across the field. But that was, and watching Jose Bautista come in is like, who? And, you know, just watch him just own it, completely own it. Um, Mark Burley was fun to watch. Uh, R.A. Dickey was fun to watch. Uh, uh, I got to mention, who else? Lyle Overbay. Enjoyed watching Lyle Overbay. But to talk about the bat flip game for a second, I had to watch it again after because I missed a lot of it. That place was shaking. Everything was shaking. Every camera that you, when you looked up at the monitors, we can see our our cameras and the broadcast cameras, both home and uh, both our cameras and, and the broadcast cameras. And everything was shaking. Everything was shaking. It was crazy. The energy level was 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 off the scale. And then we all had in our room, within a couple of seconds, all had to sit down and settle down and move on to the next thing while the, the building's still going nuts. And I'm announcing the next batter. I was gonna say, who who remembers who came after um after he knocked it out of the park? Well, I guess it would have been Edwin at the time, right? But <laughs> I'm because I, I I believe he did hit behind a Jose, did he I not? Th- I th- uh, yeah, I think he probably did. I I can't remember. Yeah. I assume you didn't see the the bat flip at the time because everybody's watching where the balls. I did not. No. I did not. We we actually found the re- we found our own replay of it and uh, and, and replayed it and saw it. But no, I didn't see it the first time. Not at all. Not at all. When when he hit it, my my hand went to the button, and I just watched. Is it out? Is it out? Is it out? Oh yes, it's out. That was, that was, I think that was when the horn became famous. Sure. Was, that was 15, 16 was because we got to use it a lot. Yeah. I mean, after that, uh, after that 2015 game, it was, my producer was just more horn, more horn, Come on. hit it again, more horn, yeah. more horn. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. I take, I take such pleasure. There is a certain, when the roof is open. And the atmospheric conditions are correct. That thing has such a sound. It's just, it's, there's nothing like it in the league anywhere. It's just, it's got this, it's, inc- it's just a wonderful sound. I think that with the home run jersey this year, uh, or jacket, uh, 
That's yeah, that was that was a good one. That was really good. It's a nice, nice pairing. It's uh it was thoughtful. It was it was there was just not it wasn't a <clears throat> it wasn't a laundry cart. It was, you know, it was thoughtful. It meant something. Yes, good stuff. Good stuff. Can't, you can't remember how long your, your horn was for, for Jose's hit. Oh, oh he didn't he didn't get an I, extra couple of seconds just for the moment. Honestly, I do not remember. I did go back when, when I started timing them this year, just for fun. I went back because I figured, I mean, these are the ones that all horns are measured by. Of course. So I went back. You'd have to go through my Twitter feed to find that one because I, I did go back and time them, but I can't remember offhand. Yeah, it was an extraordinary night. Um, and I think, you know, for us here, it was about 2.30 in the morning when that ball went out. Uh, now, mind you, with Jose, the first horn may not have been the, the longest. But there was a lot of it. Yeah, yes. I wonder whether cumulatively across the season, the length of horns <laughs> that year was the longest. That's 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 for somebody that knows how to work Excel, yeah, not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a stat we've got to find out now. What what, what seasons yeah. have the longest amount of horns? Uh, yeah. Vladdy, average horn time. Bobachet, average horn time. <laughs> lots of those this year. It all depends. It all depends on the importance of the home run. There we go. Excellent. Really good stuff. Let's just get through a couple more questions for you. Sure. I'll try to keep my answers a little shorter. No, no, it's good. I love it. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Talked a little bit about the pronunciations and names. Uh, Any particular favorite ones that, you know, I'm glad I nailed that. Oh, wow. Um, You know, everybody asks me that. And I don't think... No, I don't think. Yeah. It's just what you do. Yeah, exactly. It's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. The, like I said, it's, it's not the ball players names. Cause I have a lot of time to, to work on that. It's the, it's, it's the outside the ball players name. Yeah. David, just, uh, just another question he put in David Robinson. He, he also just going back to the horn. He said, uh, do you feel like the most powerful man in Canada? when you press your home run horn. <laughs> Maybe not in Canada, but uh, definitely in the ballpark at that moment. Yes. Okay. Kyle Bell. This is a good one, which we haven't really talked about at all. What's the best and worst walk-up music that's been played Ooh. for a batter? You're going to get me. You're going to get me in trouble here. Again, I'm concentrating on something else. Half the time, I mean, <laughs> I should I should have Jed Harper, our DJ, on here because he'd have all kinds of stories for you. I'll I'll ask him. Oh, is that a new song? He says no. He's had that since last year. <laughs> oh, so there's there's a level of, <laughs> of how much I pay to the songs. I uh, probably let's talk all time. Brad Fulmer. Brad Fulmer did not want anything. Dead silent. Wow. So when he got traded, he came back with the Texas Rangers, and I announced him up to bat. And our audio guys played crickets. <laughs> did he know that was going to happen? No, he did not. <laughs> That's brilliant. No, but as far as walk-up songs, I'll know if it's good, I notice it. And if it's not, I tend not to notice it. I like the guys. I like, I like the Latin stuff. I like the Caribbean stuff. I enjoy that a lot. Do the players get to choose that themselves or is it a bit of a team? They do indeed. Right. Okay. The players, the players pick an, um, some of the guys, when some of the kids come up, they don't necessarily, I mean, they're a little more worried about other things. Sure, yeah. and, 
our our DJ will pick a song for them. And if they really, you know, eventually they'll realize, oh, okay, I get to pick a song, and they'll and they'll send up a an idea. But no, it's all the players. It's all player driven. Yeah, and, and is it the same track for one season, or do they just that's my song and we have it every year? How how does that work? Well, Teoscar Hernandez have been using the same song since he got here. Right. Um, some guys change them to get a slump. Some guys change them because they just heard a song they really like. And so, you know, and some of them keep them, but some of them change them more frequently. Other guys keep them for a while. It depends on the player. Um, trying to remember who it was that used to change it all the time. It was like the 2015 era. I, I, you know, it escapes me. Most interesting songs, though, and not a walk-up song, but a picture song, Joe Biagini stuff. It was always, it was always quite interesting. Yeah. Well, that's Joe Biagini for you. Yeah, absolutely. Just last question that's come in. Uh, Danny Stewart, he asks, have you had any really strange requests at all? I, I, I don't, I, do, I mean, do you do requests even? Um, I've had people ask me to do things like, hey, can you say whatever? Can you give us a shout out? It's like, no, I, I can't give you a shout out. Um, any kind of requests, uh, things like that. There's a whole process for that. Um, people have asked for some, some interesting things, but no, we don't generally do those things. At least I don't. I'm not, no, I'm not going to give your bro a shout out. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> 7 p.m. First pitch in Toronto. Midnight first pitch in London. We're Blue Jays fans UK. And we stay up late. You're listening to Red, White, and Blue Jays. So let's um, turn our focus to last year. What was your what was your take on 2021? Did you come out of it disappointed that we didn't get through to the postseason? Did you come out of it just in, uh, sort of with amazement in terms of how well they did? How, how did it land with you? Well, I mean, at the time, not knowing what was coming, uh, I would have been happy at that point. I mean, as a fan, right? As a fan. Um, to at least begin the hunt and play in big baseball in September. Um, I thought playoffs would be certainly a possibility, not for sure, because, I mean, we're playing in the American League East. Um, but no, no, not disappointed at all. I mean, this this is the, really, I mean, this is the first full season these guys have played together. I mean, Vladdy's first year, I mean, he, he played, what, 120 games, some odd, which is a lot. And then the next year, of course, everybody only played 60. This team, so this is the first time the core of this team has played a full season together. So things worked out pretty good. <laughs> I mean, some things didn't work out as well as, as they had hoped, but things worked out generally pretty good. Um, Alec Manoa is going to be a monster. Mm. He's, just, <laughs> he's, he's got, he's got, this is just my observation, but he's got the, he's got the, He's got it upstairs and he's got the physical ability. Yeah. And he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. So that's always, you know, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah. As long as you manage it properly. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be all right. And who knows what's going to happen? I mean, as far, like, I, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, they're trying, I'm sure they're trying to, I'm sure they're doing all kinds of things that we will, we have no idea and we'll never find out until they finish. It was an extraordinary season, wasn't it? In terms of so many breakout, I mean, these, these four guys that I've got hanging on the wall behind me, you know, I, I'm not sure. Well, certainly I didn't think that they would have as strong a season as they did. I think everybody's expectation is that, you know, we're still sort of building towards 2022. 
but but last year I think was just extraordinary, wasn't it? These are these are some good ball players. Mm. Um, I I mean I think everybody knew that Vladdy was going to hit. Yeah, there was no question about that. Uh, I keep thinking I mean, that's great. He had a great offensive season, but he's become a pretty good first baseman. He's been excellent. I always got to give him props for that because he's become a pretty good. He's he saved the he saved some uh, some throws this year. So I mean, I like I very much like that about it. Um, I, I like the way Danny Jansen came back from his injury. I'm hoping this this continues. I mean, they had some trouble with the bullpen this year, and I mean, they're human. Ball players are human. They just it doesn't always work. It was a great season. It. I am not disappointed as a fan, not disappointed at all. No, not at all. Next year, I think playoffs are a legitimate expectation. And not a wild card. No, no, absolutely. I, I mean, if they, if they can pick, pick it up where they've left off, absolutely. I, I mean, I'd love to see it. It all depends. I mean, Boston and New York and, and Tampa mm. all want to do, all want to do the same thing. Everybody wants pitching. Just, the the one thing I've learned about being around professional sports that's that includes the Argos and some of the other teams that we've had around the building is you can't get too high and you can't get too low. I mean, there was a time when sport, you know, especially hockey, you know, you get way up there, maybe personally, and they get really bummed out when they lose. And it's like, you know what? Those guys are out there; they're doing their best, and not everybody has their has their best day or their best week or their best year. And baseball's a streaky game anyway. I mean, we had, we started really well, didn't we, in, in 2021? It was strong. And then then we had this weird old dip in August. Um, and I think I think at the beginning, I'm trying to remember now the, the, the timescales, but I think at the beginning of August, it just felt like all this is slipping away and we felt off the pace. And then they had this bananas September, which just turned the world upside down. Uh, as you say, it's a sort of streaky why were they not so good in August and they were much, much better in September? What, what changed? What? Personally, I think it's just a young team. Um, you learn. I mean, that's what makes, that's what makes great teams is the ability to play at a high level consistently. And you know what? They'll learn it. They'll figure it out. I'm sure they have figured it out. And it's just, you know, putting the pieces together and doing that. And I, you know, they can do it. I, I absolute con- and I, I say, but there's three other teams that are trying to do it. I'm sorry, Baltimore. Four other teams that are trying to do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Well, they're still in our league, yeah, absolutely. But whether they be there, we'll see. Yeah, that's probably the thing I've I've probably I've probably learned most about being around uh, pro sports is these guys are humans. They're human beings, and and nobody, I mean, nobody feels worse about making a bad play than the guy who made the bad play. Of course. You know, so I mean, and 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 the things that people do on Twitter when a guy has a bad game, it's like you're not you're not a sports fan, not in my book anyway. Yeah, that's the downside of things like Twitter, isn't it? Is it's, you know, it brings it can bring so much positivity, but it can also flip very quickly the other way when things don't. Just carefully curate your timeline; <laughs> it usually works. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, looking into 2022, obviously the big sort of debate is about sort of free agency and who's going to come back. And Stephen Matz has already disappeared now 
obviously the Robbie Ray situation, Marcus Simeon situation hasn't hasn't yet been resolved. How, how do you see that landing? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, just based on what I've read from other sources, I don't. If Marcus Simeon doesn't come back to Toronto, he'll probably wind up on the West Coast because apparently that's where he wants to go. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? That's that's. I mean, that's all we know is what we read wherever you know on the athletic or on Twitter or what have you. Yeah, no, I think I think that's absolutely right. Is that uh, all the talk has been? It's either here or it's west. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that seems to be that seems to be the choices. Sorry, Yankees. Sorry, Red Sox. Not that not going to happen. I don't think. Yeah, well, we're not disappointed by that at all. Of course. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And have you got any eyes on 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 guys from other teams that you think uh, actually they'd be really good good players to add in that uh, are out on the free agency oh. market? Anybody that's um, you know what um, I was talking to was I, t- I was just talking to somebody about this, and I had a couple of guys, and of course I'm blank right yeah, now. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but you know what? Generally speaking, I really like this team. Mm. <clears throat> um, I mean. Pitching is a, is a weird situation, not for this team, just generally because you get a guy who may have been awesome last year who may not be so awesome this year. So, I mean, I mean, they're trying to put their rotation, put a really good rotation together in a good bullpen, and this is a great team just as it is. Offensively, I mean, offensively and defensively, it's a pretty good ball team. And what's lovely about it is it, it's stable for next season, isn't it, in terms of the vast majority yeah. of them will be here. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, there's a lot of things I'm looking. I wonder. I wonder will Gabriel Moreno be with this mm. team this year? I mean, they brought Alec Manoa up when he was a young fella. Totally. I mean, when you're ready, you're ready, right? Who knows? I, these are the things I'd love to see. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but these are the things I'd love to see. I'm predicting that he'll be. I don't think he'll be there at the start, but I think certainly at some point next season we're gonna we're gonna see him back. I, I think I think Danny will be will be number one. I think um, Kirk maybe are player who who gets traded but we'll see we'll see how it plays out that's the fun isn't it i have tried to predict and i am never successful okay <laughs> we'll take it all with a pinch of salt then which yeah pretty much shows you how much i know about the real nitty-gritties yeah, of the yeah, game yeah. right yeah as long as you pronounce it right that's fine <laughs> you're listening to red white and blue jays the podcast of blue jays fans uk Okay, Tim, I want to just throw to you to, as we sort of come come to a close our, our little top 10 that we've been doing with everybody just to see where things things land with you. So this is, uh, again, not not anything too deep, hopefully. Uh, nothing too te- right. testing on a, on a Sunday afternoon, which is when we're, we're recording today. So your favourite player from 2021? Oh. It's basically the same guy that's been my favourite player since he came to the team, and that's Tay Oscar. Tay Oscar Hernandez. Great. Okay. I just, you know what? I just, I like the way he plays the game. I, I thought he'd make a great addition to the team when I saw him play for Texas the first time. Mm. And I said the same thing about Justin Smoke when I saw him play for Texas the first time, but that's, that's another story. Now, Teoscar, I mean, Vladdy and Bo, they're all great players. I just like, I like the way Teoscar plays. Yeah. Cool. And he, he can hit. He certainly can hit. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's, and it's nice actually hearing, uh, because we, Obviously, Vladdy is tends to be the sort of the top of the list in most people's minds, but um, it's nice just to hear a different, slightly different perspective. So that, that that's great. Vladdy's kind of like goes without saying, guy. Yeah, you know, 
<laughs> he's number one. And okay, who's next? I like I like the choice of Tioska. Your favorite Jays player of all time. Who who stands out for you? It's a tie. Okay. Oh, all time, all time, all time. No, it's the same two guys, Delgado and Halliday. Yeah, for the reasons you said earlier. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Yeah. Your favorite non-Blue Jays player? Ooh. Got to think on Give me a second now. Um, oh, boy. Non-Blue Jays player. Are we going to edit this? Yeah, we can do. <laughs> if you got a long pause, I got to think. Got a long pause. I got to think. I got to think for a second because there's there's a there's a couple um, favorite non Blue Jays player. I guess I'm going to have to say Kyle Seager. Wait, I'm thinking Evan Longoria is another one too. I like the way he plays as well. So there's a couple, and I'm even Kiermaier. You got to. I mean. He drives me crazy the way he way he sucks in fly balls, but you got to admire the way the guy plays. No, good good shout. Favorite ballpark away from Skydome, Straight Rogers. Well, I haven't been to a lot. Um, most of my traveling, actually, uh, since I've been on that, has been to the Caribbean, but that's a whole other story. Um, but I'm off to Minnesota this this summer. So I'll let you know. I'll let you know. That, that'll be my that'll be my favorite ballpark outside of the outside of Toronto. Um. Oh, this was this is a good one for you as you're at the ballpark all the time. Uh, what's your favorite baseball food? What's my favorite baseball food? I gotta go with hot dog. Okay. I gotta go with a hot. I dog. I mean, do, do you can you even afford to to delve into that sort of food every time you're at the ballpark? In terms of um. No, I do not eat. You can't eat. It's you can't. Eat, as good as it is, you can't eat that all the no, time. No, sure. It's not good for you. It's not good for the waistline. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking as I asked the question. Which uh, uh, probably, probably a little treat every now and again is yes. is the uh, is the hot dog food. And and what uh, beverage would you have with that? Well, you gotta have a beer, have right? A beer. Okay. That's absolutely right. Are we are we looking for a specific beer? Well, or just you know, beer? If, if you've got a specific one that, um, well, I don't know. It depends what's depends what's in stock. Something dark. Though. Okay, okay. Day or night game? Wow, they each have their charm. Um, but I gotta go with night game. Okay. Just to to look with the roof open, you look up there, and like the cities around you, and the CN towers there. That's uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is a special place when it's at night with with the roof open. Your favorite Jays jersey color? I love road. I like the road grays. Ah, you're the second person who said that. I, I, I'm fond of the road grays. Okay. I mean, the powder blues after that, but I, I've if if I have to if if somebody said you know what jersey going to wear, I'll say I'll wear my road gray. Okay. Any jersey number, favorite jersey number that would go on your road gray? Well, I usually to do. We usually do a, a season ticket holder event every year, mm. and they give me a Jays jersey each year for that event. And it started out. This is going somewhere, by the way. <laughs> it started out that um, I was just taking a blank jersey at first, and then I thought, you know what, I should get a jersey with the number of years I've. I've been here. Um, 
So my first one was number eight. And then I got number nine and number 10 and so on and so on and so on until I got to 12. Mm. And you have to have at that time, you had to have a particular player's name on that. If you bought a number 12 Jersey, or if you got a number 12 Jersey hall of fame anyway. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to pick a number that means some. So I went with 25. 25 is Doug Alt hit the first Blue Jays home run. Number 25 is Devon White. Number 25 is Carlos Delgado. Number 25 is Marco Estrada. Yeah. And 25 is Charlie. Yeah. Cosés. So I thought 25 was a good number. Well, it wasn't Charlie at that time. Sure. Um, because I had done it seasons before Charlie was hired. But I went with 25 for several years. And I think I'm, I'm thinking about changing it this year. So 25. Yeah, is a long answer. Yeah, 25. Excellent. And lastly, uh, you've sort of hinted towards this, but roof open or roof closed? Open, 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 open. Day or night, doesn't matter. Baseball's meant to be played yeah. outside. I mean, it's, it's great to have that roof when you're in April and, and, late, and late in the year. But uh, I mean, that was a wonderful thing this year that the default position this year was open. And I think a lot of, I, I don't know, I really enjoyed it, but I'm in a spot where I can be warm if I have to be. Yeah. yeah, I remember one of the games, there was quite a heavy rainstorm and they were rapidly trying to pull the roof over. I can't remember which, it was towards towards the end of the season, um, pro- probably yeah. somewhere in September, if I remember rightly. I can't, I can't even remember who was playing that day, but um, uh, I, I do remember this sort of fairly unusual scene to see heavy rain at, at Rogers. It's, uh, it's, happened, it's happened a couple of times over the years I've been there. But you know what's funny is you walk out of the ballpark after a game like that and all they're talking about, and the roof was still open and the rain was coming down and it's just, they love it. It's just, it's, it's just one of those things that people get a kick out of. Yeah. It's funny. Brilliant stuff. Tim, thank you so much for spending time uh, with me today. Just been absolute joy to hear you speak so passionately and uh, just the experience that you bring to just all the things that you've uh, gone through as a, as a Jays announcer and, and uh, your passion for the team. And uh, I, I know, you know, certainly from our side as fans, the times we get to go to see the Jays play, it's such a special occasion for us because it's more unique perhaps than those who are able to go to the ballpark on a, on a regular basis. And uh, I know a lot of, a lot of the guys here were, were super excited to hear that you would, come and do with uh, do this pod with us so uh, i'm so grateful for your for your time this evening my pleasure it's been brilliant anytime uh, thank you so much sir guys i i know you, you'll probably want to listen to this one maybe two or three times but uh, also i just want to remind you that uh if you've got a jay story that you'd like to come and chat to me about i'd love to hear from you uh you can hear all the contact details from tim at the end of this pod on how you can get hold of me but for now Uh, Tim Langton, thank you so much for your time. And guys, we will see you on the next episode. Can I give you a live out? Love that. Yes, that would be excellent. Here we go. Thanks for watching Red, White and Blue Jays. We'll see you next time. The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com and follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.
And as promised, your bonus clip today is Tim Langton's introduction of the UK All-Stars Blue Jays team. Take it away, Tim. This is Tim Langton, PA announcer for the Blue Jays. To all the Blue Jays UK fans, stay safe, be well, and I hope we get to see you at the ballpark sometime this year. And now we're pleased to welcome to the stadium the Blue Jays All-UK All-Star Team. From Colchester, catcher Daniel Woodrow. From London, at first base, Simon Cross. Sandy Shipley from Leeds at second base. Playing third base, Pabs Singh of Wakefield. The shortstop, Luke Wheel, Birmingham. Right fielder, Colin Murray from Belfast. From Weymouth, center fielder, Steve Hunter. Left fielder from London, Tony Wilson. The designated hitter, Lee Hatfield from Boston. That's Boston, UK, not Boston Max, of course. And starting pitcher for the UK All-Star team from Brighton, knuckleballer Graham Alcott. In the All-UK bullpen from London, Rachel Steinberg. East Kilbride's David McLaren. From Poole, Paul Wilmot. John Atkin from Nottingham. Martin Hill from Bracknell. And from London, Richard Saunders. Welcome to the All-UK All-Star Team.